Hey, Jakey. What? What does it make you if you see a robbery at the Apple Store? What? An eyewitness. Joined by my friend Amanda Farrow, the Princess of Power. How are you? Better now. Yes, it's been it's been a very busy couple of weeks. It really has been. Um, you went to the West Coast. I did. And you visited Disney. I did. And you enjoyed it. I had a great time. Did you do star stupid Star Wars stuff? I did do stupid Star Wars stuff. Not a lot of it because the wifey is not. A huge Star Wars fan. She's not a nerd like Mike is. Um, so, you know, we went and we did Smuggler's Run, and that was great. We checked out, you know, we got the the green milk sure. and everything like that. Uh, did, like, but we didn't the do... essential stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we, like, we wandered around. We had something to eat at the, the little cantina. Not, the, like, the, the cantina that actually has, like, alcohol. Because um, we don't really have time. What are you gonna do? No. So yeah, right? Yeah, we were there. We were there for two days. So we spent one day at the Magic Kingdom, and we spent the other day at uh, California Adventures. She liked California Adventures better because that's where all the good rides are. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, I'm glad that you had fun. I held down the fort. We did. Um, you did. We had Carla Cop from Weird Giraffe Games on to talk about her Kickstarter, which is now live. So awesome. Um, those listening, um, if you are interested in a dice game where you use rolled dice to build a frontier town in the Wild West, then listen to the podcast and then go back it on Kickstarter. Um, Sweet. And, you know, we talked about some other stuff too, um, and it was fun, but now we are back and um, it's video game time. now. It is video game time. If you, if you want more board game shenanigans, Linda and I did record a special edition of the EFG Daily Commute. While we were commuting back home from New York, we learned that the Anchor app will only allow you to record one hour at a time. We found this out oh. when we arrived at her house, and it stopped after an hour. Um, oh. That was that was wild. Fortunately, we only missed about 15 minutes of recording, so it's okay. We'll oh, figure it out. But that's you, not so bad. But if you want to hear some of the fun stuff that Linda and I saw while we were at New York Toy Fair over the weekend, you can listen to that. We will obviously be talking about some of the highlights and the very best things that we saw um, on next week's episode, where we're going to play that game of selling Amanda on games. We're gonna, Lynn and I are going to be salespeople, and you're going to decide which games you like and don't. Um, ooh, ooh, kind of like I'm like your own personal Dragon's Den gal. Yes. Like this is the game I would invest in. Yes. Oh, I much. like that. That appeals to my business brain. Yes, exactly. So we're going to see, um, and I, I'll give you a hint. We saw a lot of really, really good crap. So you're going to, you're, it's, it's going to get, it's going to get. Um, like philosophically expensive. Um, so, but this week, you know what? There's there's some stuff. Now we were both either on vacation or preparing for New York Toy Fair, so there was not a huge amount of time to play lots mm-hmm. of video games. Also, not a lot of video games came out. Although there's one that did come out that I'm going to talk about that we didn't mention in the pre-show. I'm going to save that for a surprise. You brought your Switch with you to, to California. I did. Yes, I didn't play as many games as I wanted to because I was running around a lot, and I went and I got my hair done. You my did. hair is short and green now. It's short and green. It looks lovely. Thank you. I couldn't pull it off. I would look a little weird, respectfully. Um, I think you look wonderful. Maybe. I think I think it would be a big change. Yes, it was a big change for me, too. My yes. hair has been long and brown for, like, two years, so... True. Um, I guess less than two years, but whatever. It doesn't really matter. Point is... I cut my hair. So that's what I spent my time doing was like cutting my hair and wandering around and doing some writing. Uh, but but every morning that I was in Los Angeles, so for three days, mm-hmm. I woke up. 
I had breakfast with the wife, and then I played Just Dance 2020 for like an hour. And I'm not as out of shape as I thought I was. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. I was a pretty big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Good. And so um, why, why Just Dance? Like, you could have played Ring Fit Adventure or something. No, because I would have had to bring the controller with me. Oh, I mean, I guess that's true. It really does. Yeah. That thing, that really does require some effort, whereas Just Dance really is kind of self-contained. It's just a Joy-Con. Yeah, the only thing I didn't do was, like, bring the rail so that I could add the, the wrist strap, so I had to be really careful not to accidentally toss my Joy-Con across the room. Because you don't so... want to get too excited and yeet your Joy-Con out the window. <laughs> exactly. There's no yeeting of Joy-Con. No that, was, that would have been awful. I've done that with a Wiimote. It is not okay. It's not. It is it's, not okay. It's definitely not okay. I we bowled my. Uh, this was so many years ago, but I had like a I had like a cup of Coca Cola in front of me, and I went and I used my Wiimote. And for anybody that's played Wii Sports, you know that Wii bowling can get can get really, really intense. So it got really intense when Wait, I was you playing get with. Intense about stuff. Sometimes. Wait. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Boo. I thought you were totally chill about literally everything. Okay, so you put, so you, um, so you got excited playing, and I yeeted my coke into the into the wall. I mean, so there's worse things you could yeet into the wall. Yeah, I guess um, it made a mess though, man. It was a, it was it was nonsense. So anyway, I played just dance for three days, and it was a blast. I had so much fun. Like, waking up and working out. Because I haven't done that in a while. I've just kind of, like, I get out of bed and I have to take children to school. And then by the time I get home, I'm like, ugh, I'm already ready. I don't want to mess with my hair or mess with my makeup or anything. Um, yeah, dude, I got to tell you, there's some, there's some good music in that Just Dance well, that 2020. Well, that my next question. So, good segue. Good segue. Yeah. Can you tell me what song, did, was there any one song that you did every day? Yes, there were actually there were two songs that okay. I did every day. Uh, I was did one of them Baby Shark. No, it was not. I didn't. Okay. I no. I, I'm not doing Baby Shark. I don't want to. <laughs> it's terrible. We need to start doing video for this um, podcast. Uh, I was actually uh, we're going to talk to you about that when we were done, but I was oh. going to just start randomly doing it because <laughs> that's illegal Small in the state bit. of Connecticut. Recording people without telling them. Yeah, it's kind of illegal um, here. I too. understand. I understand. I'm not going to break laws in two states. That involves the FBI. That's not cool. That's um, not okay. So, uh, what were the two songs? So, one was Seven Rings, but <laughs> it's not Baby oh, by Shark. Ariana, by Ariana Grande. By Ariana you know Grande. Who, you know who quietly loves that song? Who Loki loves that song? Maggie. She does. Great. It's a good song. she's like your Patronus, I think. She is adorable. I just mm -hmm. want to put her in my pocket. She can just be with me forever. You probably Team could. She's so um, tiny. Anyway, all right, so Seven Rings. Seven Rings by Ariana Grande. Uh -huh. And the other one was um, I Am the Best by To Anyone, which is a K-pop group. Sure, sure. I have not heard that one, but that sounds great. I know K-pop. K-pop would probably be song. like, you know what? I've never seen a K-pop song in Just Dance. There but, are so many K-pop songs well, in Just Dance 2020. So, yes. Um, most of our experience with Just Dance has been Meggie rocking the children's version. And, like, oh. I mean, she did Ariana Grande. And then also uh, Old Town Road, which go, which which is a big hit with the, the young men in my house. Um, So uh, I, I just... But of all of the genres that absolutely fit in Just Dance, I imagine that K-pop is perfect. Um, So are you going to keep it up? Are you going to keep playing more Just Dance? I'm gonna start. I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm gonna bring the switch and the switch dock so that I can do that. Like oh, I've gotten out of it. To it. Pax East. I'm bringing Pax East because oh, I, I, unlike Sony, I'm still going to Pax East. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> or Capcom or the Final Fantasy 14 team. You must be bummed that there's no Final Fantasy 14 stuff at Pax East. I'll be okay. I'll I'm live. sure they've still got the goodies. I'm sure they'll have whatever stupid foam nonsense they'll have. There will be some foam ninja sword. I, I like the t-shirts that you can get. Because I have, I think I have one of them sitting in a box somewhere that said, like, I defeated Bahamut or something like that. Um, that's when, like, You don't get the final... stupid foam stuff? 
Ow. I, I don't like this. I don't like the foam stuff because where am I going to put it? I'm going to give it to my kids. My kids are going to beat the crap out of each other with it. Uh, it's not going to. That's not going to go yeah. the way I want it to go. Yeah. I mean. Okay, I, this isn't the Hunger Games. Okay. I have more children than you. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true. Um, okay. So maybe if we put them all in an arena together, then that would be fun. I have more. I have more child-appropriate weapons than you do. You do. It's true. Um, I have very appropriate yeah. weapons. So yeah. Great game, but I am genuinely thinking about getting Just Dance Unlimited so I can have even more songs. Um, we bought it for a month. It's really cool. Yeah. It works. It looks great. Yeah, it's great. Really want it. It is, in fact, really great. I mean, it has all the old stuff. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. It's just, if you want the old stuff, you get the old stuff. Now, you can do Let It Go. Uh, you can also do Into the Unknown. What? Yes. That's Just Dance Unlimited, or is that in 2020? No, 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 no. That's in 2020. They oh. just patched it in. Um, I don't know that song, because I actually decided not to make that song played out in my own head before I watched the movie, and we missed it in theaters. Because oh. I knew Let It Go by heart before it was even in the theaters, because I liked that song, and secretly I'm a Disney princess. Um... So, um, I fully support this. Yeah. Your identity as a Disney princess is fully supported. Sure. I'm, I feel seen. Um, but really, either that or I'm Megara. She doesn't really count as a Disney princess. She's just nope, kind of... No, absolutely does. She's she not a princess, though, is she? Does she yes, count? She counts. Oh, cool. Then I'll just be her, because she's kind of badass. So, yeah. um, anyway, um, my journey of self-discovery and princessdom uh, aside. So, you played Just Dance 2020. I want to talk about a game I played, and Do then we'll go back to you. Um, I've been playing Cities Skylines on my PC. Um, wouldn't you know... It's a good that, game, that, Sam. SimCity was a great game, and a game that is just SimCity with just, like, more stuff in it is also good. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I'm playing it. Now, this game came out for PC a couple of years ago. There's a ton of DLC for it. You can spend a whole lot of money, you know, buying other, buying additional maps and scenarios, etc. But the, um, the base game is absolutely fantastic. I was playing it because Thames and Cosmos sent us a copy of the City Skylines board game, which is a cooperative city building game wow. and um, I said you know maybe I will I will um, play the video game and the board game and compare and contrast them um, it's, all, it's like it's like I've been talking to you about how to make good content um, and I can and also I realized that I could do the exact same thing with evolution and evolution it's like Magic. So, That's amazing. I want to. I really want to play Evolution: The Board Game. I have not played it yet. I played the. I have played much. the video game, but I've never played the um, actual game. You know what? You should come here. I think that that's got to be my next task. Um, also, we have a yeah. Um, you can help us learn the villainous games because I know you know how to play. Ooh. Yes, I'm really good at that game. Yes, I can. Good. So you can teach us. So, um, so City Skylines. Here's the the long and short of it. Um, it plays like, and it is this. It is what SimCity was, right? Like it's what you remember. Um, there's a lot of systems. It's very crunchy. One of the things that I found about this game while playing it is that it can really get out of control super fast. You can think everything is fine, and then all of a sudden your city just disappears. Um, mm -hmm. That is not unlike real life where things can just spiral out of control. I think, and that's always been the hallmark of the SimCity franchise. So. Um, if you loved SimCity as a kid, this is really what this is. Message for the parents. If you loved SimCity as a kid, newer versions of SimCity are not great. This is the game you are looking for. Um, you can pause it and make lots of decisions. You're not, this is not a fast game. You can really think about it. It's great to sit and play in a group and just kind of make group decisions because you can pause it at any time. Um, it's also absolutely gorgeous. Um, and kind of relaxing, depending on what you're doing. I'm a huge fan of Cities Skylines. Um, I would be playing it right now if we weren't working. It's super good. Like, I played it when it first came out, and I would sink many hours into that game in a single sitting. God, you know what that reminds me of doing? What? I'm going to go reinstall it, like, right now. Sorry, everybody that needs Amanda to do something other than play Cities Skylines. Oh, um, it's over now. Uh, it's, it's over. over. 
Um, Snover, it's been a good life. So love y'all. Uh, but it's so good. It's also frequently on mega sale on Steam. So you know, keep that in mind. It is on consoles also, but I think the definitive place to play it is on Steam. You um, want to play it on Steam, absolutely. The console versions, just like any any other kind of strategy game, consoles are always going to be a really tough sell because the control structure is kind of janky. You want to use the mouse and the keyboard because you draw, um, like, you you, you kind of are drawing districts, and it's way easier to do it with a mouse and a keyboard than it is way. with a controller. Yeah. So. Agreed. Okay. So. Okay, so Excuse I'm installing me. it again. <laughs> okay, so you, back to you before my surprise entry to Around the Horn. You have been playing some wacky action RPG called Snack World. Yeah, Snack like, World, the dungeon crawler gold for Switch. Sure. We found it, I don't know, we like randomly found it on Nintendo's site, and Mike said, Amanda, you have to come over here and look at this. It has got to be the weirdest game I've ever seen and also entirely up your alley. Yeah. And, he, I mean, he wasn't wrong. I yeah. mean, it's an ARPG, so it's an action RPG. So, yeah. which means that I can enjoy myself playing this game and I can take it on the go with me because it's on Switch. It is taking away from Icewind Dale, though, which is not my favorite because I would like to be playing more Icewind Dale. But that is a very old game that can probably wait. Yeah, it's, it's been uh, around yeah. for a little bit. So, it's a small bit. Small bit. It's one of my favorite games of all time, but small bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I started playing it. I haven't played very much of it, but it is cute. It is funny. I like the writing. I like the character design. I enjoyed the character creation process quite a bit. Okay. Um, this game is enormous in Japan. Like, it is so enormous in Japan. They have an anime that's really? also very successful about Snack World. Um, this game sells like. Does it involve snacks? Like all get out. Like, are there in fact yeah, there's snacks? snacks? Yes, you can. You get to collect snacks, and you can become snacks, and you can take snacks with you as like companions. It's wait, so bonkers. I can fight with a cheeseburger as a pet? Is what you're I saying? Think so. I, mean, I think so. I think so. I can't confirm this yet because I don't have any snacks yet because I just started like yesterday. Is, this, is there online multiplayer? But. I don't know. Actually, it's a good question. Let me go and check. Let me let me ask. Because if there about is, that. um, I'm joining your snack hunting party. I think it's a brilliant idea. Um, uh, there might be actually. Oh. You can. Yeah, it is online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we'll have to we'll have to look into that at some point when things that's, slow down for both of that's us. Pretty good. Um, so yeah, yeah, Snack World. So it looks cute. I mean, this is what, just look it up on YouTube, guys, for a, like a trailer, and you'll you will understand what we mean by this game is cute. Can I say it's cute without being like kawaii? You know what I mean? You know? Do you, yeah, you like, can. Because it's not, and for those listening, like it's not like Hello Kitty cute. No. But it's still cute. No, it's... It's like Digimon it's cute. cute. Yeah, it's like... Exactly. It's like Digimon cute. It's like Pokemon cute. It's it's not overly... It's not saccharine. Yeah. So you're not gonna, like, get diabetes from playing this game. You are... I mean, unless all of the snacks you eat alongside it are sugary treats. I mean, but even then, I don't know if you'll actually get, like, in-game illnesses. I don't think so. Oh, I think this is a... If, I, I was thinking just if I ate it constantly and it just was non-stop, like, oh! donuts while I was eating it, I could probably harm myself. Yes. I'll have to be careful. Yes, that would be bad. So I will don't show restraint. Do that. Don't do that. Okay. Show re demonstrate restraint, yes. Speaking of showing restraint, let's right, talk about me. a game uh, that is uh, that has recently come out. Um, from a Sony first-party studio that showed no restraint in its very, very, very long development time. Um, otherwise known as an entire generation. I'd like to talk a little bit about Dreams, if I may. Yes, let us talk about Dreams. I We just bought it, but I haven't cracked into it yet. Okay. Because who has the time? I mean, no one. So... Dreams. Yep. For those listening, we talked about it on the EFG on the EFG show a couple weeks ago. Um, came out on Valentine's Day, and um, it is divine. <laughs> I mean, so it is, for lack of a better term, a game creation 
engine on the PlayStation 4 that only costs $40. Um, it's made by the same people that made Little Big Planet, Media Molecule. It is, um, you are able to make games, but also, like, if you don't want to make games, which there are a lot of people that don't, it has a very robust 3D creation tool set where you can make and uh, beautiful 3D objects, incredibly detailed 3D objects. Um, you can remix other people's stuff. Um, you can do your own voice acting. Like, there are instructions on how to record voice really? acting. Yes. Fun fact, Amanda, um, and this is absolutely something that my son Evan and I have been working on. We can make a trailer for our podcast in dreams using our audio from the podcast. Like, we could literally animate an episode of the podcast in dreams using our audio. It's weird. You got to use like an aux cable from the headphone jack in your PC into a PS4 controller while you're playing it. Like it's super weird, but you can import audio from other places. Um, what? That's brilliant. I don't know. It, it, yes, it is. I believe, and um, I think it is in fact brilliant. Um, and so, it, just the creation tools alone. Like Evan was going through most of the tutorials with me, and the two of us were like really going, you know, kind of going through it. The stuff you can do is absolutely insane. Um, you can make games without producing a single asset. So all you have to do is say, I need trees, and you can go find a million trees made by other people, right? Like, you, I need a door, and you find a door. Like, and Media Molecule preceded this by creating a whole bunch of assets, not just as demo assets, but also because they created their own dream called uh, Art's Dream which is about a musician, and it's basically like the story mode. Um, so here's the fun fact. Everything that you have seen in marketing materials and preview coverage about dreams beforehand, like the little robots and the, um, the, the, the little stuffy with the hammer and all that, all of that was part of the campaign. They were dreams, literally, of this guy who's a musician. Um, and they, had, they put them together and strung everything together in like this you know, three or four hour adventure that you go on. It's about a, a, a guy who plays the stand-up bass and he has some stuff going on and he leaves his band and it's all about him trying to reconnect with them. It is the most Amanda thing I have <laughs> ever seen. I kept thinking through this going, I wonder if Amanda's playing this right now. <laughs> Like, I wonder if she is. Um, because it's absolutely... I mean, first off, it was absolutely gorgeous. Like, every time you turn around, it's like, hey, we're going to cut to another scene. And we're like, whoa. Um, it also was every genre that I could possibly imagine. It was like a 3D platformer. It was like an action role-playing game. It was a rhythm game. It was a uh, like a... Like a... Um, like, a an like a point-and-click adventure game. It was a puzzle game. Um, and it, it, at one point, it was a racing game. Um, absolutely insane. All in one little adventure just to show you everything. And the key is all of the assets from that game, you can uh -huh. just take them and use them in your own stuff. All of them, including the sound, the music, all of it. What's really interesting is... That's wild. You know, like, the if you like an asset in a dream, you can take a look at that asset and you can see wherever... You can just play games where that asset was used. Um, so it's like, if you really like the trees in a game, you can just play all the games that use those trees. Um, it's just absolutely fascinating how it goes. Um, it has a music creation tool, which to my understanding is not as robust as some of the other music creation tools, but it's still there. This is just, this is one of those things, it took a long time to come out because obviously there was a lot going in. Um, we know that it's going to be moving forward to the PlayStation 5 because that's how that's, it works, right? Sony's already said that. Um, this is this is one of those games that it is already... We don't have to wait for it to be awesome. It's not like a game that we have to wait for. Um, but it's only going to get cooler as more and more really awesome assets are developed. And because of how easy it is to collaborate, like I don't think we're that far from... 
like literally, and this is not even me being stupid. Like I don't think we're that far from from having to from someone having to make a decision about whether or not a game produced in dreams can be considered for some kind of an award outside of dreams. Because Art's Dream was a really good indie game, and if they had just released it and published it themselves on Steam. You would have found it because someone you know would have been like, man, this is all you. You would have played it and you would have been screaming about it for a month. But because it's <laughs> attached to this, because, you know what I mean? And then it would have yes. been, you know, and, but because it's attached to dreams, um, not only do you get that, but you get a million other things. I was at a friend's house during Toy Fair and he played a 3D platformer where you were a dog, a good, good boy, bouncing around like a whole like village just trying to find bones. And I was like, cool. Like, I mean, it was just a... It was like Donkey Kong 64, but, like, it was still cool. And so this is... really cool. So $40, everybody... If you, Here's the real thing. If you have a kid in your house who wants to make games, and you already own a PlayStation 4, literally, you can spend $40, and then they can... It's the cheapest make-a-game thing on the market. That I can, that I, I mean, I can, I can't imagine there is another more complete package for forty bucks. I don't think there is, because if we look at, we look at Scratch, like Scratch has some asset libraries, obviously, when you're sitting down to code, but nothing is all that high fidelity. Yeah. Um. There is not. There's not a whole lot that you can do both with Unreal Engine and Unity without taking classes. Yeah, you got to know stuff. You got to you got to know what you're doing. Like you can't just I mean you Unity it's a little bit easier to just drop into cold, but you can't do that with Unreal. Unreal is a bonkers engine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? Like this is literally I want a platformer so you find a dude that's already programmed to be able to platform and then you can just drop him into stuff and then just make platforms and objectives like it's absolutely bananas the stuff that you can make so um i highly recommend this we're going to be talking about this in great deal um in great detail later on i will very likely be producing some guides and some recommendations with the help of some other members of the community as we get closer, or not closer, as we get farther along. This is one of those games that we're going to be talking about. It is definitely, there's no question it's going to be, you know, in various lists that we produce towards the end of the year, because it is super unique. Um, and I think it might be becoming, I think it will be one of the most important games that come out this year. Um without question and we don't even know what's coming out this year it's um, true so speaking of knowing what's coming out this year it's a nice little segue how about we take a break and then we will come back and we're going to talk a little bit about the xbox series x how about that let's do it all right folks we'll be right back everybody this is steve i'm the host if you like listening to this podcast you probably like some of our other content too you can find that all over social media so make sure to head over to facebook.com slash engaged family gaming perhaps you might like to see some stuff on twitter by going to twitter.com slash e-f-g-a-m-i-n-g or maybe you just want to head on over to instagram and look for engaged family gaming there see you later guys bye now Everybody, I'm still Steven, and I'm still here with the Princess of Power, Amanda Farrow, and we are here to talk about the Xbox Series X. So, Sony and Microsoft have been playing chicken for the last handful of months, um, deciding who's going to share more information about their next generation console. Um, up until this week, we really had vague ideas. Um, and we knew they were coming this year. 
is what they were telling us. Yes. But we also knew that that was kind yeah. of up in the air because of, um, you know, coronavirus and everything like that that is impacting manufacturing in China across mm-hmm. the board. Those were the things that we knew. Yeah. And then, randomly, Phil Spencer writes a blog post. Like, you know, as a CEO I mean, does. it's not random, but yeah. It's I... definitely not random. He's done it before, and I'm, I doubt he wrote much of it. Um, he probably dictated a fair amount of it. You'd be surprised. From what I hear, Phil's got chops. I mean, I'm just saying, but... but it's a, got... No, seriously, it, it's a long blog post, too. Like, the yeah. whole thing is very... It's, I know. It's in-depth. I know. Why would you figure he dictated it? He's got to have, like, yeah, a guy. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure he has someone. Um, so, anyway, either way, um, Phil Spencer, CEO, or not the, not the CEO, he's the guy in charge of Xbox. Head of Xbox. He's the head of Xbox. That's right. He, he made his own title, which is no title. He's just in charge of Xbox. Yeah, he's 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 our he's the face of Xbox. He's the guy that's guided everything since Don Matrick left, and that includes trying to get the Xbox One back on track after Matrick totally tanked the launch. So, and I would like to think that he did a good job. They were just in a really big big hole. There's nothing he. They did a, yeah, exactly. I mean, I have nothing but nice things to say about Phil. Phil Phil seems like a wonderful person. He. He was part of the reason why, like, he and Sachin Adela, who is the CEO of Microsoft, are huge proponents of gaming for everyone. Mm-hmm. So gaming for everyone is, you know, the way that Microsoft and Xbox see the game industry, where it's not just about siloed people or, like, desirable versus undesirable people working in the, or playing playing games or even working in the industry. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be about for everybody, which is why they did the adaptive controller lash, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, yeah. cool stuff all the way around the board. I like him, too. Um, he even uh, went on the Gamertag radio podcast. He was amazing. That was an amazing episode. Mm-hmm. Like, Danny um, did a great job. Yes, Danny Pena, which is – it's a fan podcast. Like, it's yep. not – you know, it's not affiliated with, like, any of the big sites or anything. They're just nope. some dudes – They've do been doing this for ten years. Yes, fifteen years, ten or fifteen years. Yeah, well, they've been doing it for a long time. It was their one thousandth episode, so probably yeah, probably more than ten years because you know yeah. nobody's that consistent. Um, and they they put together a campaign to get him on there. There were some people being stupid and trying to tell him not to, but then eventually he's like, "Well, they're an Xbox centric podcast that's been around for a thousand episodes. I may as well hop on." Yeah, um, yeah, and, and he made job. a really good. Yeah, he made a great call, and Microsoft and Xbox um, putting their trust in Danny and his crew. Very smart. Um, he knows his stuff. He and does. He did a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 I'm pretty sure he was a little nervous, though, but that's all right. I would have died. Um, maybe one day. Maybe a thousandth episode. episode uh, an hour thousandth episode. Um, we'll get like Reggie Fisame on here or something. Um, so, all right. He didn't just talk about stuff. It wasn't like a flowery post where he talked about how to make pancakes. They gave like real, although I would I would pay for him to do that. Um, they got into the, the weeds on they what did. the Xbox Series X is going to do. So we knew what the box looked like and we knew what mm-hmm. the controller looked like, which is more or less what it looks like now. Um, which they shouldn't change because it's an awesome design. I don't disagree with you, um, but... Um, now we know more stuff. Now, the upside is we know more information. I think yeah. the downside is to a layman or to someone that doesn't really know a lot about video games, it was some arcane nonsense. It may as well have been a spell Gandalf cast. Them uh, teraflops. Them teraflops. So, um, teraflop is such a terrible word because um, it really doesn't mean much. So, I mean, it means a lot, but it means nothing all at the same time. That's what's the worst part about it. So, uh, Amanda, I suggest uh, you asked me what the thing was, and I was like, "Well, the thing is going to be this Xbox news." Um, and immediately, the two of our the gears in our brain started working, and we're like, "You know what? Maybe we should try and break down some of the big things they said and translate them for the folks that have no idea what they're talking about." Um, and some of that was me, because I had to look some of these things up, because I, I am not the techiest person on Earth. Um, okay. Big surprise to everyone. So <laughs> um, so I figured I would just go from top to bottom, 
And because sure. they did break, they did, they were very nice and broke it down into some headings and subheadings for us. It's almost they like they know what they're doing. Um, and then we'll just go from there. How's that sound? That sounds awesome. Let's do it. So, the first thing that they said, outside of a flowery intro about what they were going to do and talking, confirming that they're going to E3, um, at least for now. Um, so, because who knows at this point? Um, if Jeff Keighley's going to skip E3, then anybody could. I don't. I don't. I mean, know. I'm not going to E3 this year, so. Well, I mean, they, I can't blame you. Um, to be fair, I'm not going either. Um, so you know, but I'm going. I'm going to my friend John's house. You're still welcome, by the way. I know you have kids. You know, you're still welcome. Um, John's going to barbecue a lot. I do like this idea of barbecue. I mean, you're certainly welcome. Um, so anyway. The first, like, meat and potatoes thing they talked about is um, uh, they described it as a superior balance of power and speed. Um, and so, uh, which means nothing, but whatever, we're getting there. It, it uh, does mean nothing. It's just marketing speak. But it, was, it sounds nice, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, well, um, that's, why, that's why you know a good marketer helped work on this piece. Yes. I mean... We do know that, I mean, we did know it was going to be more powerful, but here's where we go. So it says it's going to have a next generation custom processor. It says um, that a Xbox Series X is our most powerful console ever, powered by our custom designed processor, leveraging, and here, I'm, here I go, I'm going to say some letters and words, AMD's latest Zen 2 and RDNA 2 architectures. Delivering four times the processing power of an Xbox One and enabling developers to leverage 12 teraflops of GPU performance. Twice that of the Xbox One X and more than eight times that of the original Xbox One. Amanda. Yes. Mm-hmm. What did I just say? <laughs> okay. Well, the most important thing to know about what we are talking about is that... Look, when we when we when we break it down, this is becoming a living room computer, right? This yeah. is becoming a living room PC, which we've been talking about for years, probably since the original Xbox, because that was a powerful little piece of technology back in the day. It was. So what this is is um, Microsoft telling us that they pulled together that they're partnering with AMD instead of Intel, which mm -hmm. is fine. AMD processors are really good in small spaces. They also make ARM processors that are really good, and those are used in those are used in our phones. Yep. Uh, those are used in like inventory counting technology and in satellite phones and things like that. Uh -huh. When it comes to what the RDNA stuff is, so RDNA is it's a microarchitecture. So it's like tiny little things that are built into the chip that make it go faster. Yep. And what it's, I don't think it actually stands for anything. I can, let me, let me take a look here. It's, it's specifically um, developed by AMD for their Radeon technology. So that's their, that, those are their graphic cards. They're the Radeons. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's just, that's pretty much what this is. Like the RDNA architecture as told by AMD is supposed to, create better um, a better foundation to scale the technology across high performance gaming platforms so it is specifically built for gaming so that's how we know that microsoft is really taking it seriously when they're like okay well if the xbox one was a minor upgrade from the xbox 360 the xbox series x is a major upgrade yeah um so we did. We actually did uh, on EngageFamilyGaming.com. I actually did a uh, glossary definition of teraflop back back in the day, um, and essentially, a teraflop is it's a they're counting how many calculations uh, that your machine is doing. Yes. Um, so I actually did a whole thing about console specs translated for non-tech savvy parents. I should probably just, we'll link to it in the show notes. I should probably just share it literally every day between now and the day the thing comes up, so you can read that and it will actually explain a little bit what a teraflop is. Yes. Um, but it's just it's the number of calculations that it's doing, and it and the bottom line is this thing is powerful and fast. It is fast as heck. Which is good, because yes. 
if they're going to make us buy a new box for our living room, it should do something more. And that's what this tells me. For me, mm-hmm. it tells me Microsoft's not playing around. They understand that a minor upgrade is not appropriate at this not time. Not going to cut it. They got to really go for it. The Xbox, the, the, the basic Xbox One when it came out, the OG Xbox One when it came out, was not a huge upgrade over no. the Xbox 360. Just it like was... the PS4 was not as massive upgrade over the PS3, they sure. were about other things. Um, and people were accepting of that. Sure. At that time, yes. um, the market has changed. And that, man, I think there'd be riots in the streets. I think so, too. I think that, you know, Mike and I talked about this just before I left for Los Angeles. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was just before I left for Los Angeles. So we, we discussed in brief about, you know, if the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 were, you know, just at where technology was at that time. It's just like, yeah, you know, we're just going to utilize the technology that's available. We're not going to really push any envelopes. We're just going to do the thing. Then the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 are going to push us into a whole new way of thinking about video games. And we're going to get into that. I think that for variable rate shading and for the DirectX ray tracing, these are not really applicable to consumers. These are very developer-oriented pieces of um, pieces of software. Mm-hmm. So the variable rate shading is going to enable uh, developers to really tap into the really tap into like the graphical power of the 12 teraflops of uh, of GPU performance. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's teraflops is so bad. But the, anyway, so what, what it, it's just it's very developer centric, which I love. And I love that Microsoft has has really embraced their development community. And it's the same thing with ray tracing, like ray tracing is like more realistic environments. You can see ray tracing on PCs right now, but you don't see them necessarily on consoles because it takes up so much processing power and it takes up so much cooling power as well because you got to cool that stuff down as you're as you're like really spinning up those yep really spinning things up in there. So yeah, variable rate trading and ray tracing means that your games are going to look gorgeous. Not just a little bit better than your PC, but on not just sorry, not just a little bit worse than your PC, but potentially on par with what your PC is able to deliver, which is pretty big. Which is insane potentially. So, moving on to the next bullet point Yes. Um, so they talk. The next thing they talk about is immersion in an instant. Now, this one actually does mean something while yes. still being marketing talk. Um, the big one, um, and we've talked about this before on various products. They talked about how they're going to have a solid state hard drive um, built in. That's going to be on both. The, that's actually going to be on both the Xbox One, uh, Xbox Series X, and on the PlayStation Five. Yeah. For without explaining it. It basically, regular hard drives spin right now. And yeah. solid-state hard drives don't spin. They're yeah. just there. Which means... Yeah. Um, at the very, it, 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 which means they data can be collected from that hard drive faster. Um, which means faster load times. Um, in some cases, potentially no load times because um, it can be just invisible. There are two ways that this matters, and I'll just use two games. One of them is Skyrim, which a lot of people play, right? Like the load times on that are bananas. Every time you go through a door, it takes a minute. Yep. You know, um, and. and I mean, it is what it is. That's just what needed to happen. They need to load an entire world um, when you walk out of a door. On a solid-state hard drive, especially these custom ones that are being made for the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, um, that it, imagine playing Skyrim where instead of waiting 45 seconds, you wait 3. Or, you know, even 10. Like, we don't need to get stupid. Like, counting to 10 when you open a door. It just, it just changes the game. Um, another example would be increasing the speed at which you can traverse through a game. And a lot of times, they limit how fast you can go because as you're running over hills, they're rendering the hill behind what you're running up because that's the shortcut they have used because you don't want to load the whole world. That's just what happens. Um, and a solid-state hard drive 
correct me if I'm wrong, Amanda, means that they can load things faster as you're running, which means yeah. Spider-Man can swing through the city of New York faster. Um, Batman can speed down the streets in his Batmobile faster. Superman yeah. might be able to fly faster, etc., etc., etc. Although, I dare you to make a Superman game, guys. That doesn't go well for you very often. Um, but still, it, everything will be quicker, faster, um, and that's great. I mean, I would love to spend less time in loading screens. Yeah, I mean, there are some beloved loading screens. Like, there's, you know, the loading screen on the Citadel for Mass Effect 2. Sure. Which is, like, you know, that one's that one's just great. But I don't know too many loading screens that I think about, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I definitely want to sit through this some more. This is definitely worth the original Psychonauts loading times. Uh-huh, sure, yeah. yeah exactly. No, no <laughs> exactly. so the, the cool thing about all of this and the way that both Sony and Microsoft are approaching the next generation of consoles is it's going to completely change how designers have to approach games. Do you still build in those those rest moments? Do you still have to build in ways that that players are not constantly on the edge of their seats? How do you handle that in a world where loading time is no longer an issue that you need to contend with? So these are these are all things that make the next generation of consoles both very consumer friendly and very developer friendly. So I'm I'm curious to see what else we're going to get from Sony this year. They are still technically the market leader, so I assume that we're not going to hear too much from them until a little bit closer to E3. But it is super cool that, you know, we have... We already knew that it was going to come... Well, we already surmised, I think, that it was going to come with SSD. Um, they told us. I think, yeah. In I think one they of the Wired us. articles. You're right, yeah. I just couldn't remember. One of them. It's I been, just can't remember which one. Yeah, I can't remember which one either. Um... Taught, like speaking of like not being able to, or sorry giving developers more tools so they can do the things that they want to do the fact that they are going to support up to 120 frames per second for developers to build their games with is incredible it's absolutely incredible it's not something that's that's supported on consoles for the most part you look at video games on the switch you can see usually between 30 and 45 frames per second in handheld mode yep. you can maybe get up to 60 in console mode um and i think that you're locked to 60 frames per second both on the xbox one and on the playstation 4 but regardless of whether or not you're using a pro or you're using an x so this is big stuff. This is stuff that is going to allow developers to completely change how they approach console console game creation. Yeah. It's crazy. It's wild. I love it. I absolutely love it. And there, you know, like the other things that they talked about in this immersion in an instance mm -hmm. in an instant, sorry, um portion of the document document of the blog post. It's been a while. Um <laughs> is you know, they're optimizing the latency between the uh, the wireless console and the console itself, so you won't get input lag nearly as much if you're playing your 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 controller wirelessly, which is amazing. Love that very much. And they have new HDMI technology, so 2.1, which is you know it's starting to roll out 2.1, kind of like USB 3, right? Like things started to roll out and think that that's cool and yay USB C USB C is is great too, um, but being able to have a variable refresh rate is enormous. That will, it synchronizes the refresh rate of the game's frame rate with your display frame rate, which means that there's no tearing between what your display is able to, it, it means that you're not going to get any like uh, graphical weird nonsense. They call it tearing, but it's like when the the refresh rate doesn't quite match up between whatever technology you're playing your game with versus your your display. So if you're playing something like on a non-gamer monitor, so I have a non-gamer monitor over here and I have my gaming monitor here. If I played a game over here, I would probably end up having problems with visual tearing. I wouldn't have that with the Xbox Series X. No, you would not. So, um, so for those listening that... I'm gonna. I, I want to just quickly catch you up on some of the, the buzzwords that Amanda threw out in excitement. I think the big piece when we talk about input lag, you know, like the, the like that latency. Input yeah. lag, put very simply, is if you push the A button, how long does it take before Mario jumps? Yes. Um, if you have a lot of lag, you push it, 
And if it's if you could imagine very easily, if you pushed a button and it took half a second for Mario to jump, you would die a lot. Yes, so <laughs> um, often. So they are, and it's rarely is it that bad, right? Like mm-hmm. it, barring really weird circumstances or Google Stadia. Um, so was that shade? Was that shade? It's fine. Only a tiny bit. It's Only fine. a tiny bit. It's, okay. it's fine. They'll fix it. Or they won't. They will. Know. They'll fix it. I'm sure I, I they'll fix so. it. Well, they'll either fix it or shut down. It's, it becomes that thing. So, um, but th- you could absolutely imagine that that would be a problem, right? Like, the, one of the things that people like about video games is that you push a button and a thing happens. That's one of the reasons why video games are so cool. Um, Microsoft went 100% from top to bottom um, to just limit all of that. So. Yes. Um, and try and get it as close to zero as possible. Is it possible exactly. to get to zero? No. no. But they'll get there real close. So yes. um, I think that the, 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 the last piece um, this is biggie. that is a big one is talking about game compatibility. Now, they've yes. already told us a long time ago mm-hmm. that they were making Xbox One ecosystem. This was a couple of E3s ago um, yes. where they were going to be working to bring Xbox One Right, original Xbox games up and Xbox 360 games um, and they, they had worked to find a way to make it so that you would be able to play those on the Xbox One. That is going to continue and bring the Xbox One games along with them to the Xbox Series X. Um, but man, they've added some additional shenanigans um, that I think are really cool, kind of under the hood. Why don't you explain... This, the, the last real piece here is what they're calling smart delivery. Yes. Um, so, Amanda, why don't you... One last explanation before we go. What the heck is smart delivery? Okay. It's not, it doesn't involve pizza. No. I wish it didn't involve pizza. It doesn't even involve your phone. So, nope. well, it doesn't involve your phone yet. Yet. Because Project X Cloud. So smart delivery, as I understand it, is Microsoft has developed technology that will allow different versions of a game to be played on different consoles, and you don't have to worry about it. You buy the game once, one time. You buy it for OG, Xbox 360, Xbox One, whatever, or for the Xbox Series X, and you can take that game across all your other across all your other consoles all your other xbox consoles right so if you're playing an xbox uh you're playing the xbox one um playing on your xbox one you purchase the game for xbox one it is optimized for xbox one Mm -hmm. that specific game installation is on the xbox one now if you purchase an xbox series x you will be able to take that to the xbox series x so how i how i've understood this and this is what cyberpunk has talked a little bit about and i know that that's not really a not really a game that's for our crowd but cd project red did talk about this on twitter a little bit so if you buy the game for xbox one Mm -hmm. you will be able to take that game with you when you upgrade to xbox series x and because of smart delivery it will upgrade the game for you automatically you don't have to worry about it you don't have to pay for anything extra you don't have to pick which version of the game you want to play because of smart delivery it just knows yep That's it's it. brilliant it's utterly brilliant and it's it's developer specific so you're not going to be able to have it on every game unless a developer says yeah cool you know if you you buy our xbox one game you can definitely go play it over on xbox series x you know we've built it in so that it uses smart delivery yep but they are using it on all of their um, Xbox Game Studio games. Like, they're they're citing Halo Infinite here. Yep. It'll also apply to probably Psychonauts 2. Yep. That's another big one because they also... Because they, they own that studio now, right? They own Double Fine. And so, yeah, like, that's... It's big stuff. The mm-hmm. fact that these big AAA studios are going to be building in smart delivery automatically is going to be enormous. And the fact that we're seeing other AAA studios throwing their weight behind smart delivery is also really big. Yeah, I mean, CD Projekt Red has muscle, right? Oh, they Um, absolutely do. So when they came out... So 
to give everybody the timeline, this was a Tuesday when this happened. Mm-hmm. So it was last Tuesday. Was it last Tuesday? Uh, I think so. I think I was. Okay. I think I was at Disney when this happened. Okay. It was a day that happened. Yeah. So this was published on the Microsoft blog very early. I believe like six a.m. Pacific. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So I woke up, drove into work, and the world exploded because I went on Twitter and everybody was like, "Hey, we know all this stuff." Within two or three hours. CD Projekt Red dropped that tweet where they talked about if you want to buy you should only have to buy your game once. Um, and that really did, it changed the entire conversation because in the beginning of the day, most if you read tweets and saw what people are saying, they were like, oh, well, nobody else is going to do this. It's going to be just kind of an added value to Xbox Game Pass. It's just going to be them. And then CD Projekt Red did. And I mean, that was just the general consensus. But we didn't really have a long time for anybody to guess as to would anyone else go in. And then CD Projekt Red did it. Um, Now, no one else has said anything about it yet. However, I'm comfortable predicting that probably Ubisoft will follow. But definitely not EA. You're probably buying Madden. (laughs) I would suspect you're probably buying Madden separately. But, But we can't force anybody. Um, no, I think you're probably right. I think we are gonna see we are gonna see this from Ubisoft, especially. They it sounds like the, a them kind of thing. Yeah, I think that they are gonna be the big third party publisher and developer that they are gonna be like, yeah, this just makes good sense, and we want people to be playing our games uh, and not have to worry about where they're purchasing their games, especially because Xbox is creating an ecosystem. Yeah, it's a bit, so I mean, this is it's pro consumer. Um, in an era where yes yeah I mean I I I don't disagree I think it is great Um, and and here's the deal like we know a lot now we know what the box looks like we know that you can bring all of your Xbox controllers forward and so I think that's another thing that wasn't explicitly mentioned here but is worth a call out in that they have already said and we, we don't know this with Sony um, but we know that you'll be able to use your current Xbox controllers, which means, you know, if, like, it, it has had a practical impact in our home. I have recently purchased a new Xbox controller. I have not recently purchased a new PlayStation because I'm just, I don't want to spend 80, you know, 60 bucks on a new controller only to find out that I can't use it again. Whereas Xbox, yeah. it's fine. So um, we're going to obviously find out way more. This is the next handful of months as we get closer they're just playing chicken again <laughs> um they're now they're back at it it, it this is going to be a wild ride and so for those of you listening this is we're going to keep doing this um oh, you know, yeah. when sony comes out and gives us more information we're going to break it down and give you kind of the nuts and bolts and eventually the two of us are going to give you some re- an official recommendation uh between the two um you know it might be after they come out it might be before. It'll be hard to say. But the two of us will give you um, an answer because I think it's going to be important. And it, it could very well be that the answer is neither. Who knows what the Who knows? That's what's so crazy. We have no idea. Um, but we're going to be here for you. Um, right, Amanda? Darn right we are. So um, with that said, folks, this has been episode 211 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed listening as much as Amanda and I enjoyed recording. Um, I have one favor to ask. It's the usual deal. You know someone who needs to listen to this show. We're trying to grow our audience because a bigger audience means bigger guests and more opportunities to do cool stuff, and we would love to do that for you. So uh, put this link in front of someone that you know or encourage them to like our Facebook page because we certainly put it on there. Um, Next week will be Board Game Week, where we will uh, talk to Amanda about the very coolest things that we saw at New York Toy Fair. I'm so excited about being pitched on games. Yep. In the meantime, folks, keep your eye on the Engage Family Gaming website, because Linda and I have, I think, like, I I don't know, at one point I think we were at like 30 games that we're going to be profiling and putting up um, over the next probably month. So keep your eye on the site because we are going to be very excited to share some of that stuff with you. We saw some very cool things, um, some of which we can't talk about. And Linda is very she's she 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 experienced her first embargo, Amanda. 
Oh, embargoes. They're yeah, the they're the real deal. We talked. Yeah. So we I, I told her I was like, you know what? Talk to Amanda. She'll tell you all about it. Um. So everybody, you have yourself a wonderful day. We will talk to you soon. And until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. Bye. Bye. Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Up by Kevin McLeod, and audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.